see if that stays in. Um, I'm so audible. I don't know because the, the, I overlap the sound with the um, the opening theme song. People might not be able to hear it. it might be too quiet. Just leave it in there as a little Easter egg. It doesn't matter mm. if uh, it overlaps the song. Somebody will highlight it. highlight that one whisper and amplify it so it's very loud. <laughs> Put um, reverb on it. I I don't know enough about sound to know how to do that. Oh, I could at least amplify the volume. Um, nope. Uh, I decided earlier this week for an opening bit. Uh, okay, so this year is the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Yay. So, um, Hollywood Spotlight, which I guess is a company that just makes all these like one-off magazines about a pop culture thing that is current. Um have an issue about returning the jedi and at the back of it there is a quiz so brent i'm going to test your star wars knowledge with this multiple choice quiz on return of the jedi oh boy um, i don't know a lot about star wars yeah there's 20 questions and uh, we'll, we'll see how well you do uh number one what kind of pet does jabba the hut have in the pit under his throne is it a a ferret b a sarlacc C, a gremlin, or D, a rancor? See, I want to say a gremlin, but I know for a fact that it's a sarlacc. Under his throne? Yeah, it's a sarlacc. Okay. Um, Score me up later. I know it's going to be a 20 out of 20. Yeah, I, um, okay, I guess I should probably keep track of how many you got right and how many you got wrong. We'll do this professional like. Did you expect me to sandbag this, or like was that the plan? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you, you'll see why. Some of these answers, I don't know. Uh, okay, number two. Uh, how I know old it's a is rancor. Yoda? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just have to make sure. Um, because the, there was one on this that I actually didn't know for sure. You know, I can well, narrow it down to two. Now I have to get all 20 right, just to yeah. show you up on Star Wars bullshit. Yeah. One, um, the first question is a rancor. It, it's right. <laughs> okay. Um, so, number two. How old is Yoda when he passes away? Is it A, oh, 650 years old? Is it B, 900 years old? C, 127 parsecs? Or D, the numbers don't go that high? <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure. I'm just going to say B. Okay. I have no idea um, if that's right. 900 is correct. Yeah. I'm yeah. a nerd. See, there's my um, nerd there. approval. Okay, well, yeah, now I won't I won't track your answers correct because you're going for 100% and I can just tell you if they're right or wrong. Yeah. Um. Okay, question number three. Who says it's a trap? Is it A, Mon Mothma, B, George Lucas, C, Admiral Akbar, or D, Han Solo? <laughs> I'm so I'm sure jo George Lucas said it at some point, but uh, it, it's. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. Might have might have been Richard Marcond uh, decided to ad lib that into the script. I see. If somebody asked me who the actor for Admiral Ackbar was, I would not know. Mm. Um, but oh yeah, that guy I just said. Yep. Yep. Uh, question it's number four. It's the meme. 
Who disguises themselves as a bounty hunter to infiltrate Jabba's palace? Is it A. Princess Leia, B. R2-D2, C. Lando Calrissian, or D. Jabba's disgruntled brother Phil? <laughs> I would love to see Phil the Hutt. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess we don't know if he, maybe he's very well disguised as a bounty hunter, and we don't know that <laughs> Phil the Hutt is there. <laughs> you know, if uh, if Jabba was really into, you know, yeah, I'm not going to make this joke. Um, mm. Leia. Okay. It's Leia. Yeah. <laughs> it's Leia. Um, number five. Where on Tatooine does, uh, okay, I'm going to read this verbatim. They got their grammar weird. Where on Tatooine do the dreaded Sarlacc live? Uh, is it A, Mos Eisley, B, Mos Espa, C, wherever they want to, or D, the Great Pit of Carcoon? Um, well, I'm guessing it's not C because they can't actually move, so I'm going to say D. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess they can move very slowly because they're kind of like plants with like roots under the sand, but it would, yeah, it'd be very, very slow. Um, uh, number six. Luke and Leia discovered that they are blank during the film. Is it A, cousins, <laughs> B, siblings, C, the same person, or D, elementary school pals? <laughs> I wish, I wish it was C. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, cloning is a thing in Star Wars. It's possible, and we've got like Omega in Bad Batch is, I guess, a female clone variant of Jango Fett. No. So, is that a thing? I, I, yeah, I guess, unless but, a future season of Bad Batch reveals she's actually a clone of someone else, she's a female variant clone because all the Bad Batch are. Clones who aren't a hundred percent identical to Django. Did Django just want to fuck himself? Like, is that is that the implication? Well, here? I, I think it was one of the Kimmy Noen's idea to make this variant clone for some reason. I don't know. Okay, there, so one of the mysteries around there. But. One of the one of the Kaminoans wanted to fuck Django, but they were like, "Well, that would be gay." So. Yeah, and also I don't think she's got accelerated. She's either very recent or doesn't have accelerated aging because she is a child, um, uh, compared to all the other clones. Well, that makes everything I just said a little weirder, huh? A little bit. <laughs> but to uh, understand well, that, you'd have to watch Bad Batch, and who would do that? Not me. It's a show for no one. <laughs> Uh, I'm done watching, ev trying to watch every Star Wars and um, Marvel thing that exists. I'm just gonna mm. watch what I want to watch. Um, yeah, because I have limited time on this earth. Okay, um, so, but they're so, siblings. So yeah, there we go. Uh, number seven. Who ranks as the supreme commander of the Rebel Alliance? Is it A. Princess Leia, B. Lando Calrissian, C. Mon Mothma, or D. Bill from the Starfleet IT department? Well, the the Starfleet IT department, um, I think they're contractors, so I, I'm mm. going to say Bill's out. And they're also in the Star Trek universe, because uh, Starfleet wait. is from Star Trek. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> Separate <laughs> timeline. It's, it's Minmatha. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
Number eight, when Han Solo is frozen in carbonite, what does Jabba the Hutt use him as? Is it A, a table, B, a refrigerator, C, a wall decoration, or D, a ping pong table? Which is separate from a table. There's a table and there's a ping pong table. I mean, they have different uses. I mean, it would well, make for a terrible ping pong table. Yeah. Or a very good great, one though. for... Yeah, I mean, like there's... Um, Infinity's Empire Strikes Back uh, has a, th- a thing. It's like, what if Empire Strikes Back went differently? And one of the things that happens is Boba Fett gets frozen in carbonite, and then Lando like flips the carbonite upside down and uses it as his desk and props his feet up on the back side of the carbonite. So, so you can just, turn carbonite into a table. He's just got Boba Fett's ass sticking out of his table? Well, the, the back side is flat. It, he's only sticking out of the front side of it, which is flipped upside down. So Boba Fett doesn't have an ass? Well, not visible through the flat side of a uh, piece of carbonite. Man, first Solid Snake and now this. What a shame. Mm. Mm. Um, it's a decoration. Mm. Actually... I'm going to make a note to myself thinking Solid Snake. We should probably talk about the uh, PlayStation conference. Oh, yeah. There were two things I... Two whole things I care about the whole night. Yeah, there was... I guess there were two things I care about, but one of them is unlikely to come to a platform that I own. And the other one, I only care about it because I discovered it's coming to a platform that I own. Spider-Man is not coming to uh, Switch. Oh, yeah. I guess three if there's Spider-Man. Yeah, like, Spider-Man looks cool. It's never coming to anything other than PlayStation or PC. Um, Metal Gear Solid Remake, probably only going to be on PlayStation, but it does look cool. Um, Assassin's Creed Mirage, as much as I don't have faith in Ubisoft, it does look cool. And it's actually going to be on Xbox One, which means I can play it. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch that one because I don't care about Assassin's Creed, so what is the deal with that one? Uh, well, it, uh, I guess somebody else pointed out, because I'd forgotten, that there is a character in Valhalla who is from the Middle East, and this game is more like an old-style Assassin's Creed. It's this guy, he's in Baghdad, you know, it, it looks and feels a lot like the first Assassin's Creed, where it's like an emphasis on stealth, and just traveling around this, you know, like, lush Middle Eastern city, and blending in, and stabbing people and stuff so i don't know it looks cool that kind of prince of persia feel that the series had and kind of fell off of over time so they they got so far away from their main gimmick that they can sell going back to it as like progress (laughs) yeah yeah and i think like the scope of the game is supposed to be you know smaller than the sprawling open world stuff they've been doing Oh, then the alien gods that... <laughs> well, that's probably still there in, in like, the, you know, background story when you dig enough, but, I the mean, fucking just... fucking ancient the... alien theory. <laughs> yeah, that well, that, that's always true. there, but, I mean, like, as a game, like, open world um, uh, origins and uh, Odyssey and Valhalla were just, like, huge worlds, uh, which was entertaining at first, but gets tedious really fast. And I think Mirage is supposed to dial it back. Yeah, I've I've let my distaste for open world games be very known. Mm. So, yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, plus I'm playing one right now, and oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm also playing one. Uh, but we gotta finish this quiz. Uh, so Han Solo in Carbonite. Um, so we know he's not a table. He has a decoration. Yep. Um, okay, number nine. What do the Ewoks believe C-3PO is? A, a god, B, a demon, C, a hunk of junk, or D, a Jedi? <laughs> Jedi C-3PO. Uh, he's a god. Yeah. Or they think he is. Yep. Uh, number ten. What species lives on Endor? Is it oh, A, boy. Banthas, B, Paparazzi, C, Ugnaughts, or D, Ewoks? <laughs> <laughs> the only one of those that have a show. Yeah, the one from the previous question. Um, yes. Number 11. What is the name of the Imperial st- shuttle stolen by the Rebels? Is it A, the Enterprise, B, just <laughs> Imperial shuttle, C, X-Wing 1, or D, Tidarium? I don't remember if it had a name. <laughs> so, so I was gonna say, guess? I was going to say B. Okay, it was Tidarium. Okay. So, we will at least be tied if you get the rest of these right. Okay. Um, what is the last thing... I mm. ever, ever saying it had a name. Did they yeah, say I in think the it's movie? during uh, um, the, the big conference they have when they're talking about the plan. Uh, they say that they stole this... Sh- well, I don't remember if that was where they named it or if it was... I know when it was flying up toward Endor, and they have that, uh, like, check-in where they have to, you know, have an older code, but it checks out that they transmit. Um, they, they're addressed as Shuttle Tidarium, and then asked for their, you know, transponder okay. code. Yeah. I mean, I know that, like, this is a whole robot chicken sketch, but, like, that is a weird thing, right? Mm. Or, or was that the family? It doesn't matter. I think, it, yeah, Robot it's, Chicken it's... had this a sketch, yeah, where it's, like, uh, you know the the two operator guys. One of them's like, "Oh, it's an older code, but it checks in." Is like, "Are are you sure? You should go check that." Yeah, like, what does "it's an older code" mean? Like, like uh, either, it's yeah, either valid secu- or it isn't. Yeah, it's like they have security codes, but some people are just out in space so long that they didn't get the update that there's a new security password. Yeah, they don't. They they never, to my knowledge, acknowledge that like space travel relativity is a thing so Hmm. um i'm just gonna assume that that's bullshit yeah yeah like i knew the name of the shuttle i didn't know how tidarium is actually spelled it's got two y's in it oh so it's like almost as cool as kashyyyk yeah it's t-y-d-y-r-i-u-m hmm um, okay, question 12. What is the last thing Luke has to do before he becomes a Jedi Knight? Is it A, kill the Emperor, B, confront Darth Vader, C, save the galaxy, or D, do a handstand for two minutes? <laughs> um, I believe it's confront Darth Vader. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, as much as you know, you would hope he could become a Jedi Knight if he do a handstand. Like he did a lot of flips, <laughs> but can he do a he handstand did. for two full minutes? I mean, he he did do the 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 handstand while using the Force thing. I think yeah, and levitating a bunch of rocks till he got distracted. So I don't know if he did yeah. 
two minutes of that, or, you know, if it was like a minute 57. Um, uh. Question 13. What's the name of the Ewok that befriends Princess Leia on Endor? Yay. Is it A, Paddington, B, Junior, C, Chukatrock, or D, Wicked W. Warwick? Yep, no. Mm. It's Wicked. It's... Yeah. Yep, it's I, what you thought the you thought the gimmick would be that every question's answer is wicked. I was hoping. No, no. The the gimmick is that every question has at least one bone stupid answer to it. Uh, see, you you wanna know why I was thinking that? Because earlier in the week, like that the song just popped in my head, the um limp wicked. Mm. Which <laughs> <laughs> which it's like which a rapper is, Ewok. Which it, it's it's Limp Biscuit um, combined with some weird disco track mm. that includes um, the C three PO story to the Ewoks. Wiki Wiki Warwick. Yeah, I mean, kinda, yeah. Um, question fourteen. Who is Lando Calrissian's co-pilot in the Millennium Falcon during the attack on the Death Star? Is it A. Nian Num, B. Some guy named Sully, C. Chewbacca, or D. Mon Mothma? It's the first one. Yep. Uh, 15. What is the name of Darth Vader's Super Star Destroyer? Is it A. The Executor, B. The Big One, C. The Vengeance, or D. Death Star 2.5? It's the first one. Yep. Uh, 16. What rebel pilot appears in all three movies of the original trilogy? Is it A. Biggs Darklighter, B. Poe Dameron, C. Wedge Antilles, or D. Lone Star? (laughs) (laughs) I've got to say it's Wedge. Yep. Yeah, Lone Star is the protagonist of Spaceballs. Yeah, of course. Uh, number 17. What is housed on Endor? Is it A, an Imperial base, B, the Death Star shield generator, yep, C, a secret rebel base, or D, the Emperor's mansion? Um. That's my favorite Mario game. (laughs) Yep, Palpatine's mansion. (laughs) (laughs) He's just. He's got the ghosts of. mansion, shooting He's got the ghosts of all the Sith. Yeah, the ghosts of all the Jedi he's killed. All these, like, <laughs> Jedi children that died at the, the temple. It's it's Actually, like the, sequel to, it's the yeah. sequel to that one uh, Clone Wars episode with Grievous's spooky castle. Yeah, if they did, like, a Luigi's Mansion game, but you're playing as Darth <laughs> Vader walking through the ruins of the Jedi Temple, and there's just ghosts of Jedi everywhere. <laughs> just, like, fucking... Kid Fist <laughs> just shows up. Master Skywalker, what are you going to do? <laughs> We're coming for you. Um, okay, uh, 18. Where does Luke Skywalker hide his lightsaber on Tatooine? Is it A, in the Sarlacc pit, B, on Jabba's sail barge, C, inside his RV, or D, inside R2-D2? It's the last one. Yep. <clears throat> the, the RV is only in uh, Empire Strikes Back, obviously. Yeah, and Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. Um, number 19. Th- there's who, a cameo. Yeah. Who is the singer at Jabba's Palace? Is it A, Sice Noodles, B, Max Rebo, C, Dua Lipa Organa, or D, Jet Screamer? <laughs> I 
do a leaf arcana. That's a good one. Mm. Uh, can you say those again? Because I was... Uh, Size Noodles, Max Rebo, Dua Lipa Organa, or Jet Screamer? I'm gonna guess the... F- it's either the first one or the last one, and I'm not sure which. Okay, it's um, the first one. I was... that's That was my guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like, know who Jet Screamer is. Um, that sounds like a Transformer. Hmm. Uh, okay, question 20, and this is the one I didn't get. Um, although I'd narrowed it to two, and I just picked the wrong one. How many puppeteers did it take to operate Jabba the Hutt? Is it, uh, A is two, B, 20, C, none, it was just one guy in a really big fat suit, or D, six? I'm gonna say A, and I'm probably wrong. Yeah, no, I guessed A, and it's D. It was six people it took okay. to operate Jabba the Hutt. That makes but, sense. Yeah, I figured it was either two, like, one for the tail, one for the head and arms, or it was six. And, yeah, no, it needed, you know, probably, I guess, like, a person for the mouth, a person for the eyes, one for each, each arm, arm, one for the tail. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So yep. uh, I got them all. Um, mm. It was it was easy. Jade yep. is no longer the premier Star Wars expert on this podcast. Yeah. So yeah, and um, I'm a master at lying, so I am a Sith. Hmm. Um. So should we get back to the PlayStation thing and talk about um, uh, dragons and dogmas and stuff? Yeah. Um, Dragon's Dogma 2 sure looks like Dragon's Dogma, um, mm. except, um, prettier, because it's 11 years later. Yeah. Um, also, there was a giant, um, booby woman, um, with a weird face. It looked like a sphinx. Mm. Um, and it might be that, but you never know. Mm. That was neat. Uh, it's like a minute and a half trailer of just like random shit to cool music. <laughs> like it's, mm. it's hard to. Um. Well, actually, I just yeah, we didn't even provide. So basic context is uh, there's no E3 this year, and PlayStation put out a, their presentation in late May instead of waiting until Summer Games Fest in June. So, yep they they showed off a bunch of trailers of things in development and like i said there's only two that i care about and it's um dragon's dogma 2 which like they they showed a not super informative trailer on um Hmm. but it exists Uh, it's the first look at that we've got since they revealed it that it that it was getting made like a year ago so that's nice um and it looks like Dragon's Dogma One, so cool. It it seems like they're doing a direct sequel, which is weird for a game where it it ends with um, yeah, you loop. becoming God and then yeah. killing yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, so we'll see where that goes. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, excited the for other it. Game? Spider-Man. All right. Yep. Spider-Man Two for the PlayStation Two. Yep. 
Yeah, like <clears throat> when they first started showing that trailer, I was like, "Oh, it's a Craven video game for the Craven movie." And then it turned out it actually was Craven, but it's it's for the new Spider-Man game. Yeah, that's called brand synergy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Sony's got to get us interested in the Craven the Hunter movie yeah. coming either this year or next year. Yeah. They're going to release a game <clears throat> The first game that Craven's in ever. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, was he in any of the like the movie well, games? Yeah, the older game. Uh if he was, it was either one of it the versions to... of Spider-Man Three or yeah. like Web of Shadows or one of those ones. I I think in. Spider-Man 3, like the the PlayStation 2 version, he might have been hunting the lizard, just mm. like he apparently is um, in the game coming up. Yeah, and I can't remember if he was in... Like, Amazing Spider-Man 1 <clears throat> was set after the movie, and it was all about, like, different animal-based villains, because, you know, they had Lizard, and then they had, like, Rhino and a bunch of, you know, those ones. So I can't remember if Craven was involved in that, or if... He was in the second one at all. I know the second one was mostly Kingpin and Carnage, but yeah, he it's possible Craven was in that one. I never really played those. The swinging was kind of dumb. Mm. Um, but yeah, the yeah it started with Craven and then it moved like right into um, Peter with the black suit and Miles. Um, and switching between them and at like this different part of the cities, uh, different parts of the city. Yeah. Like while they're both doing, you know, their superhero shit. Yeah, they're like trying to capture the lizard who's on the loose and also Craven's in town because he wants to kill the lizard. Um, but the lizard is Dr. Connors and also, I guess, had, I, I, you know, I didn't play the first one so I don't know. You know what his connection is to the Venom suit and Harry's mystery disease or whatever. I guess I don't know. This the, version of the, Harry doesn't need Peter's blood to cure his disease, like Amazing Spider-Man Two. No, the what happened with Harry in the first game is um, Harry's supposed to be like in Europe, um, like at university, like. Uh, like ve- some vague European university, like yeah. while um, he's actually like in his dad's uh, uh, skyscraper apartment in a secret tube <laughs> where mm. there's uh, the I guess the the venom symbiote is the only thing keeping him alive, like in suspended animation. Like while um, Norman looks for a cure, mm. because but the somehow the Peter backstory... has the symbiote now. Yeah, at, at the the they reference uh, the symbiote. Like the the whole thing with the uh, the symbiote showing up was just that was like uh, an end of credits teaser. Like it mm. it wasn't actually in the first game. Okay. So presumably, um, presumably Peter 
goes to try to see what's going on with Harry, and uh, he gets the venom on him mm. at the beginning of the second game. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, from the voice, he was doing the like angry '90s yeah. animated version symbiote. They're doing the shocker, yeah, type um, venom. Yeah, which is cool. I, I, yeah, I, I very much enjoy that version. I mean, it does feel from this trailer. It feels like that's like you know the core of the the game will be that you know the symbiote saga. But I don't know. I mean, it's possible it yeah. it'll be like the first half of the game is that, and then the Venom suit goes on to either Eddie or someone else who becomes a version of Venom or something. Yeah, I mean, the the first game had, like, three distinctive parts to it. Mm. Um, it was like, oh, the first part, you're finding out about Mr. Negative, and then there's a big boss fight against him. Then the, the second part, um, it's like the Sinister Six, where... Um, Doc Ock breaks them all out, and the third part is, like, the whole city going to shit, and, um, uh, and Aunt May the, yeah, there's the, what, what they call it, Devil's Breath, um, it sounds right, yeah, the Devil's Breath plague in the city, and the whole island of manhattan is quarantined and there's super villains running around and everything goes to shit and aunt may dies and then um peter has a dramatic final boss fight against doc ock who is his mentor um and yeah so it's very possible that like craven is just like the first that uh first act villain and the rest of it is about venom and at the end like norman might turn into green goblin or something you never y know yeah because it felt like craven is just like a bit part at least from this the, like he's being introduced as <clears throat> another threat on top of dr connors has turned into the lizard and spider-man has to rescue yeah. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if Craven is like the same as um, uh, Negative Man or mm. Mister Negative. I forget which one it is. Mister Negative. I Negative so. Man is a Doom Patrol character. <laughs> I knew it existed. Yeah, and um, probably also other things, but he is, he is a character from Doom Patrol. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was this next game's Mister Negative, where he's like the the first act villain and then everything kind of balloons out of there mm. like they it does seem like they're setting up a boss fight where you play play as miles and um beat up venom peter mm. yeah. um yeah might fight be. him in like a church bell tower and knock the symbiote off of him yeah or i mean it would be cool if they didn't do that and <laughs> If they could find an original way to beat him that doesn't involve the the bells, but mm. eh, you never know. Yeah, I mean, traditionally it's either sonic waves or fire, so some version of that. 
Hopefully Venom is weak to electricity, because that would make it very easy. Mm. Venom could beat Venom. Uh, oh, right, because his, his abilities from Venom, yeah. 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 Which, which is still weird, by the way. Yeah, you'd think in uh, a comic character universe where Venom has a, you know, distinct thing it refers to, that they wouldn't call another thing Venom. And you think in a meta sense, like... <laughs> If if one of the most popular characters in the story is called Venom, they wouldn't name yeah. a thing of the new character that you're trying to set up, Venom. Yeah, you have a new character in a black costume using a power that you call Venom, but it has nothing to do with the character named Venom who already exists and wears a black costume. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not out yet. Yeah. And they also had a trailer for a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 that's either called Metal Gear Solid Triangle, or it might be, I assume it's probably like Delta. There's like the Greek symbol Delta for, you know, yeah. the third symbol. But it's a remake <clears throat> of Metal Gear Solid 3. The trailer was just a very, like, high res. You know, tracking shot through a jungle and then Solid Snake shows up at the end. Um, but, I mean, one, it's probably only going to be on PlayStation. And two, if Kojima Productions isn't involved, I can't imagine Konami's going to do anything good. You know, they, they already tried with yeah. Metal Gear Survive and just, you know, wasted the uh, the engine they'd been left with from Metal Gear 5. I, I, I feel like Metal Gear Solid 3 doesn't really need a remake either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's already it's... had you know it it it's got the the upgraded version. Uh, what was it? Subsistence. Like I never played the original original, but I've played the subsistence version from the HD collection, and then they ported it to 3DS at one point, and they you know it played well on there too. But yeah, it doesn't. I I, I assume it's probably just. They don't trust, like, you know, they they don't have an original story idea. Uh, they don't want to hire anyone to come up with an original story idea. They're just going to take the most acclaimed of the series and then make it prettier. Yeah. The, the one with the least far-reaching implications, too. <laughs> so they yeah. don't have to try to shove it into a, a bigger story. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean it'll it'll probably work. It'll probably be good, but like yeah, I mean like, I don't cares? know if they're if they're gonna be like if they redo it in the style of five where it's an open world and has smaller missions and stuff. I don't know how that would work because three was you know like traditional Metal Gear games more you know linear and story focused. Like it's not the type of game or environment where you're supposed to just wander off and do side quests. Yeah, I I I feel like it's however they do it it's going to be bad and yeah. have a lot of bad monetization. Yeah. Um because Konami. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe the, I'll get proved wrong. Yeah, there's still like, just a lot of unanswered questions about yeah. what exactly this game is that they decided to announce. Yeah, like me personally, I just don't see the point because Metal Gear Solid 3 is already like pretty mechanically complex. Yeah. Like to the point where you could sell it now <laughs> and people would still love it, I think. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, the other, like, the the good news part that they announced was that, at least on PlayStation, they're selling Metal Gear 1, 2, and 3 again. Um, you know, I guess they, they took them off at some point, but the, they're back on there. Although I think it is, it's yeah. still the original PlayStation version of 1. Like, it'd be nice if Twin Snakes got, you know, a port. Of some kind. Yeah, I, I always forget all the, uh, like what all the the subtitles of all the remakes and ports and everything is. Yeah, well, yeah, because uh, like Twin Snakes was the GameCube version of one, where it was redone in the engine of two, which makes yeah. some of the boss fights easier than they were because you can now go into first person mode, but. It still, I don't know. Like, uh, I liked it. It's the first Metal Gear I played. Um, it's pretty solid. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I don't remember if there were any other games they talked about. You know, a lot of them just went in one eye and out the other. A lot of it was like indie games um, From what I Like I, I didn't look at every trailer Like I didn't re- rewatch The whole thing I, I kind of just looked at a list And was like what What speaks to me It was like Dragon's Dogma and Spider-Man mm. um, And that's about it There's probably some other Cool stuff on there but probably not Anything that's gonna grab your attention who has never owned a playstation (laughs) yeah i mean i watched the whole thing live just because i was online when it started and i like you know e3 style video game conferences like i think nintendo directs have kind of run into the ground but um you know when when they actually put effort in those can be entertaining plus it's just i don't know it it happening somewhere around june just feels right in in a way that like you know when it's you know i don't know september or october they're like here's a big video game announcement thing it it doesn't feel like it's the right season yeah like i mean i i I feel like when it's that area it's just like look at all this shit you can buy for christmas yeah yeah Um, like you know in, in some ways i guess it makes more sense to do your big announcements closer to the time when they're actually going to come out, but also that doesn't give me a lot of time to get excited about it. Plus, I, I guess just decades of expecting like, yep, June is when all the big uh, conferences with all the trailers are going to show up. Um, you know, there's just uh, like a looking forward to it. And that even, even though I don't have a PlayStation, I still like, I just wanted to watch a big video game announcement thing. Yeah. 
and at least the PlayStation games are closer to what I expect out of games than like when there's a PC game show. Because when there's one of those, you know, the, there's so many games that like work on PC and don't work on console that I I just I, I'm not interested in finding out what the new real time strategy game is or. Um, you Do know. you want to find out about the newest Stellaris um, expansion? Yeah. Yeah, or like hear about if Star Citizen had any progress made on it. <laughs> no! <laughs> Why would you ask that? The answer's obviously no. Mm. It never does. It's a it's it's basically a Ponzi scheme at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I I love hating on Star Citizen. I don't even know why because I've never put money into it. Yeah. It just sounds like a really cool idea and it's never going to get paid off. Yeah, I don't even um, I know it was a Kickstarter thing, but I don't know what the game is or was supposed to be. I just know it's a punchline now. It's like Half-Life 3 of yeah it's a thing that will never happen it's just supposed to be like a really um like immersive like living uh like space travel simulator kind of Mm. um with like trade and like you can own your own star starships and stuff like it's so it's like an mmo kind of thing kind of it, it's i guess Somewhere like between an, immersive an MMO, mmo and second life maybe yeah <laughs> i mean basically yeah like the the scope of it changes so much because they all they do is add features that will never come to fruition mm. um, and that's why it's never coming out and if it does come out, it's going to be shit because there's no way that this hodgepodge of random elements that somebody just came up with over the years um, will ever come out to a good product. Yeah, it'll just be like Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah. If it ever which, does come out, it'll be terrible. Which existed. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, it did it, it make it exist. out of development hell. Yeah. And then everybody made fun of it and stopped caring about it after like four months. Yep. Yeah, that's the only way these jokes can die, is if uh, they uh, actually put something out and and then everyone can just shit on it and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you think anybody actually cared about playing Duke Nukem forever? Eh, I mean... Probably in the sense of, like, you know, someone who's nostalgic for the classics, hoping for another one of those. But, like, even... Like, like I've played the classic Duke Nukem games. They're just, like, worse versions of Doom. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) Doom with crude humor. Yeah, like... Anybody who says otherwise is just... they're, They're nostalgic. Yeah, like they—they're just—they're just worse version of Doom with the admittedly funny voice. Of yeah, it. it's Doom with quips and naked women. Half naked women. Yeah, yeah, like naked women being eaten by alien pod things. Yep, you could pick up a turd. <laughs> yep. Why? Because I don't know. it's funny. 
Yeah. It's allegedly funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Is that also the one where there's, like, cops that are pig aliens? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think that was in forever. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I bought some, like, anniversary bundle thing that had, uh... I want to say, like, five Duke Nukem games in it that all, you know, played about the same. They just had, like, different settings. Yeah. I I had played Duke Nukem forever because it was free um, with PlayStation Plus at one point while the PS3 was still um, around and kicking. Mm. Um, and I played it about 45 minutes. <laughs> and it was... It was like, I could see somebody liking this, but I could never see me liking this. Yeah. Yeah, I've only seen reviews of Forever, and it, yeah, it just looks like kind of a crappy 3D shooter. Yeah. It, it's it's like something... It, like, uh, an indie studio could make that today. Mm. Um, and people would probably like it. <laughs> But after waiting like 25 years or whatever it was, mm. uh, no, that shit doesn't fly. Yeah. I know um, 25 is an exaggeration, but... Yeah, so I guess, let's see, other video games. I have played more Tears of the Kingdom. I am getting to the point where I don't feel like I need to play it all the time. Like, I'll still keep playing it until, <laughs> you know, I'm completely bored of it, but... I don't want to play it, like, every minute of the day, like I was when it first came out. Um, Did you build all the things? Yeah, uh, I mean, I the things I build tend not to last that long, so I haven't really invested a lot of time in building things. I've, hmm. I've, got, I've gone to the four regions and beat the four temples and got all the sage powers, um, and I kind of looked ahead on, like, a guide to see how much more of the game there is, and there's still a bit. Um, and if I do the next section in Hyrule Castle, I guess stronger monsters will spawn. So I'm kind of avoiding that and just, uh, you know, looking for shrines and filling out the map and doing side quests. Like, the game is more fun as, like, a sandbox and, you know, a, a bunch of quests and stuff. Kind of like Skyrim, where it's like, the main quest is there, but it's not really that compelling i don't know it's it it's fine um the story is kind of bad shit though when uh, you like find out stuff and i i kind of just want to look up the ending just to see exactly where it goes because i don't want to rush into it actually playing um but yeah um i guess okay so the the story uh since i know eugene has played it so this I don't have to be as cagey about spoilers, and I know you don't care because it's it's just Breath of the Wild, but more. Um, and I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay. So let's see. It starts off. Uh, Link and Zelda are going beneath Hyrule Castle because this weird darkness called the Gloom has been spreading and it's like infecting things, and it you know seems like Calamity Ganon's coming back. Um. And they, they travel down and find, uh, like a shriveled up mummy looking Ganon, uh, being held in place by, uh, like glowing hand. 
and um, I can't remember how somehow the hand, you know, I don't know, Ganon breaks free. Uh, he wakes up, uh, makes a big pit, Zelda falls in a big pit. Uh, Link tries to hit Ganon with the Master Sword, but Ganon corrupts the Master Sword, and, you know, it's just like a stumpy hilt now. And Link's arm gets corrupted, but then this, like, glowing magic arm thing replaces his arm. Um, and then... You know, big disaster, uh, suddenly there's, like, islands in the sky and chasms going down into the depths everywhere. And Link wakes up on one of these islands in the sky and finds out that the, ga- uh, the, the glowy arm that he has uh, belongs to Raru, who was the first king of Hyrule, and he's, like, a goat man. Um, and, uh, yeah, you're, like, introduced to your new powers and stuff. And then, so, he gets down to the surface and finds out that this, like, natural disaster is going on everywhere. And, um, there's these, like, crop circles that have, you know, like, a pool on each one, which turn out to be, like, teardrops from a dragon that is flying around, um, Hyrule. And, uh, each one contains one of Zelda's memories, because you see in them that Zelda has been transported back in time to the time when Raru was king and Ganon first got his demon king powers. Um, and long story short, Zelda gets the stump of the Master Sword sent back to her in time and finds out she can regenerate it if she becomes a dragon. So she eats a magic rock and turns into a dragon and sticks the Master Sword in her head and spends like 10,000 years growing a new Master Sword, and now she's flying around Hyrule with this Master Sword in her head. Uh, and after you find that out, then you know that's where you get the Master Sword, so you get a second stamina gauge and fly up in the sky and land on the dragon and pull the sword out of Dragon Zelda's head. Um, but she has no memory of herself because that's a consequence of becoming a dragon. Uh, I guess by the end she gets better, but as of now she is a dragon floating around in the sky. Um, but there's all these appearances of someone appearing to be Zelda who's like causing trouble all over the world, even though everyone's like, why would Zelda tell us to eat these rocks that are infected with monster magic? Uh, that's weird. Um, and it's either Ganon in disguise or one of Ganon's lackeys in disguise, I think. So, feel free to tell me yes or no, but it sounds like everything is just exists to explain like why the world is still shit. Like yeah. why everything they did in the first game didn't make things any better. Yeah, I mean, I guess like not that much time has passed from the first game, so some things have started improving. Um, there aren't any like insane machines left around the world, but. Um, weird, like, people don't, like, they talk about some things from the previous game, but other things, I don't know. And, like, I don't know if traveling back in time made Zelda lose some of her memory, because when she sees Ganon in the past, she's like, Ganon, why does that name sound familiar? You know, after having spent a hundred years holding Calamity Ganon in, uh, in place in the castle, she's like, oh, Ganon, he must be, he sounds like he might be bad. Uh, I need to tell the king that really? this guy might be bad. And the king is like, yeah, I know he's bad. That's why I'm keeping an eye on him. 
but then uh, Ganon kills the king's wife and uh, steals her magic rock and uses it to get demon powers. As you do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The story's kind of dumb. I zone out when it's happening and then go back to just exploring around the world uh, with my ghost, Gerudo, pal, Reju. And, um, and yeah, uh, we're just looking for dungeons and stuff. Um, they won't let me dress in feminine Gerudo clothes in wait. this game, which is makes me sad. Um, wait, I have wait, to wear Jade, the are you saying, masculine ones. I, but. Are you saying that this game has a dungeon and a dragon? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's got multiple dungeons and multiple dragons. Oh, man. Mm. Watsy should send the Pinkertons after them. Oh no! What a what a sad contemporary reference. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Nintendo sent the Pinkertons after people too, so let them fight. Yeah, we'll see who's more litigious. <laughs> it it'd be like the it'd be like the um wasn't there like when when the YouTube copyright system first started like being a problem for people. Mm. Wasn't there a thing where people would like break copyright of multiple companies so they would all fight over <laughs> who gets the the monetization from it? Yeah, I hadn't heard of that, but I wouldn't be surprised. So the, <laughs> this would be like today's version of that. Yeah. Yeah, you'll just tell Nintendo and Hasbro that they've stolen from each other and let them fight it out. <laughs> Um, I, I, you know what? No, that that's too dark. Let's let's forget about this one. Yeah, uh, I mean that, that's just, all I've got to say on. about Tears of the Kingdom. Really, it's it's still fine. I just you know I play a little bit every day. Um, how did did you did you um did you get to touch the butt yet? Um, pick I, one. I guess I. I mean, any butt. Um, I, I. I guess maybe. Did you or did you not touch a butt? Not that I specifically remember, but I've been so many places and collided with so many creatures. I've probably hit one in the butt by now. Nice. I've definitely been on a boat, if that counts. Yeah, okay, yeah, we can go by Nemo rules. Yeah. Uh, so, I also played some games. Yep. Um, if you're done with um, yep. Zelda Talk. Yep, no, yeah, we can get all the games out of the way. Um, uh, I played three games, actually. Three and a half. Um, they all start with a G. Yep. Um, yep, the, it's the, God the of War. prequel to Dad of Boy. Yes, the the prequels to God of uh, Dad of Boy. Yeah, <laughs> I I I already messed up so many words. Yeah, um, God of War, the prequel to God of War. Yes, <laughs> I mean you're not wrong. Uh, yeah, so it's because yeah, like those that trilogy was like a big thing in. You know the PS3 era, but the new ones have just overshadowed it so much. And like once, you know that uh, Amazon series they're doing based on the new ones comes out, it's 
yeah, it's gonna feel like, you know, people think of the Norse ones as like, oh yeah, that's what God of War's about. Even though it's yeah. about a Greek guy from, you know, Greek god stuff. Mythology. Yeah. Is the, the worst. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, they'll have to have flashbacks, right? Mm. Of, like, how do you do God of War in live action? Like, like the, the, the newer games I could at least see. Mm. Um, but like, you, you can't, you can't do classic God of War in live action. Like, it's just so, like, over the top and it's like Dragon Ball Z. Mm. You know? Like, if, I guess you technically can do it in live action, but it's like, why would you? Well, yeah, I um, mean, Dragon Ball Evolution. Try exactly. Yeah, it's 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 just like every anime, every live action anime adaptation ever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Anyway, um, so the first God of War game, the the very first one from like I don't know two thousand four. I want to say it's like yeah, mid yeah, to late PS two. Yeah. Um, so the, the first God of War is interesting because it it was made to like feel like you're playing a Greek myth. Um, whereas everything after that was just kind of continuing its own lore, basically. Um, but the, the first one is so self-contained, um, and very specific about how it presents itself. Like there's a there's a narrator um, who like just outright says all the backstory and, and things like as Kratos is flashing back. Um, um, but anyway, you start the game as Kratos, um, just in a random. A fleet of boats that have apparently crashed somewhere and the first thing you do is kill a bunch of zombies and kill a hydra which is one of three whole boss fights in the first game um, and then the gods basically tell you hey um, you're doing pretty good go kill Ares the god of war mm. and then Kratos um I can't remember specifically, but he probably just screams Ares at the top of his lungs in a rage, uh, and then swims to Athens to kill Ares. Um, basically, the gods want him dead because he's been destroying too many cities that are dedicated to the gods. This one being Athens, obviously um, dedicated to Athena. Mm. Um, so, Athena basically guides you through all the classic, you know, hack and slash adventure um, elements of the game until she's eventually like hey, go to Pandora's temple and open Pandora's box so you can have the power to kill a god and everybody listening can see the flaw in that plan which is Pandora's box ends the world, right? Um mm. And spoiler alert, it eventually does. Um, 
So you you know how I said um, there's only three boss fights in the whole game. The the next one isn't for like. This is a short game. It's like maybe seven hours long, and the second boss fight is like five and a half hours in. <laughs> so it's like they just drop you in, you kill a boss, and then you're just fighting zombies and sirens and minotaurs for like seven hours. Um, then you get to Pandora's Temple, and yeah. See, like the 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 trouble with explaining this game is that it, it's not plot heavy at all. It, it's it's mm. just Kratos has a singular goal of killing Ares, and like the only the only caveat in that goal is um, get Pandora's box from Pandora's temple, mm. and then go kill Ares. So, like explaining the plot is kind of useless. Yeah, um, uh, just a bunch of action scenes until you kill the God of War and become the God of War. Yeah, it's uh, it's mostly just character scenes of exploring Kratos's backstory, uh, because they they slowly reveal how um he was a bastard. <laughs> uh, he's a complete bastard. It was like this military general who just murdered tons of people um in war, and then like the one time he loses, he becomes a dick about it and it was like Ares kill this guy so I don't die and I'll be your servant forever and Ares does it he gives him the blades of chaos which are those cool uh, chain blades if you've ever seen anything from God of War um, it'll be very recognizable um, and eventually um Ares gets Kratos to attack a town, um, and he, Kratos kills everyone in it, and it's only after he's killed everyone in it that he realizes that two of the people he killed are his wife and daughter. Um, so that's, like, the, that's the tragedy of this, you know, Greek hero tragedy mm. that, uh, the whole game is setting up, um, about how... Kratos was so blinded by his blah 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 passion blah 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 murder yep. so now he's a bad guy yep <laughs> yeah. and now he's got no family to hold him back and he's able to just murder and you know no one to be accountable I mean yeah. that was basically Ares whole whole reason for doing it is like look now you don't have a family to hold you back now you can kill all you want mm. <laughs> um, for me with with no you yeah, know, yeah no. without stopping to think, oh, wait, uh, he's going to kill me too, isn't he? Yeah. But I mean, that. Welcome to the biggest theme of God of War is that the gods are all, like, really arrogant pieces of shit mm. who <laughs> never think of the negative consequences of their actions for everybody else. Um, and by the way, that includes Kratos, because at the end of the second game, um, you find out that Kratos is a god, son of Zeus. Mm. Um, but anyway, at, at the end of the first swan. game, y you know, I don't, I don't think they get into, <laughs> uh, 
Kratos' conception, but it's very possible. He he could have been a swan or a sunbeam or an ant. You mm. never know. Greek mythology is weird like that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Where was I? Oh, yeah. You you do all the, the big ring puzzles in Pandora's Temple, which is actually pretty cool, by the way. That like All of Pandora's Temple is just like a series of ring puzzles. Um, and like as you progress, you you get like deeper in the center of the ring. It, it it's it's actually pretty neat the way it's designed. Um, everything comes back in on itself. It's kind of like a Dark Souls uh, style map. Um, but anyway, uh, you kill the giant Minotaur in the whole second boss fight of the game. Um, you open Pandora's box. No wait. You find Pandora's box. You, uh, Kratos brings it to the front of Pandora's temple. Doesn't open it in the temple for reasons unknown. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna bring it right up to Ares and point it at his face and then open it. Oh no, he doesn't get that far. Mm. <laughs> no, you got too Kratos gets. Kratos gets to the the entrance of the temple and then Ares from like a thousand miles away senses like oh he found the box and then he just takes a spike of of ground of of like rock out of the ground and then throws it like a thousand miles at Kratos and kills him so Kratos is dead um and what what Kratos does next is claw his way out of Hades the underworld Mm. Um, and then like some grave, some random ass grave digger that he found earlier in the game, um, throws him a rope and says like, basically says like, Hey, I know you, I knew you were going to die. Um, the gods don't want you to die yet. So, you know, go find the box and kill Ares. Um, and guess what Kratos does? Um, Goes and has a weird uh, off-screen sex scene for a while, and then then gets back on the Ares thing. No, that was the beginning of the game. Okay. It's right after you kill the Hydra. Mm. There's just two random naked women in the boat. Yeah, that push the buttons y- while the pot shakes to show how hard he's fucking off-screen. Yeah, it, it's it's really juvenile. <laughs> But it, it's also kind of funny, uh, which I mean, I guess is my sense of humor. Mm. <laughs> so I can't complain. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. So Kratos opens the box. He he grows um like a hundred feet. So now he's the same height as Ares. Um, and then Ares takes away his blades because, like, these are mine, you can't have them anymore. And then Kratos sees, um, a giant sword that he ran on earlier in the game, and he's like, I can use this to murder. So he picks it up and, uh, kills Ares, and then Kratos is like, Hey gods, I did what you said. Now make my memories of me killing my family go away, so I don't feel guilty about it anymore. And the gods are like, "No, 
Um, so Kratos throws himself off a cliff, and the gods are also like, no, and then they make him the new god of war. The end. All right, so he died, and then he tried to kill himself again, but that time they were like, nah, not this time. Exactly. Huh. I mean, it's it's also implied that, like, the gravedigger is Zeus, um, just taking a random human form. Um, but, yeah, Kratos dies, and then later he he dies again, but the, then the gods are like, no, you're not going to die, you're going to live forever. Mm. <laughs> yeah, And to Kratos, this is bad, because the whole reason he's working for the gods is so they can take away his painful memories. Mm. Um, so, go to game two, and now he's got to kill all the gods, because they won't kill him first. Um... Very close. Mm. Uh, I feel like we've talked about these games before on a past episode, and I just don't remember exactly what happened in them. I mentioned them, like, quickly in the last episode, Mm. I think. I I think I did. Or I did after the episode. I mean, I think like an episode, like a year or two ago, you went through these at some point. We probably did, but I haven't played them in ten years, so okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember them a lot better now because I played them last week mm. because they're they're very short. Like I I played them in like one two hour um, increments, and I beat all three of them like in a week. Mm. Um, yeah, it's weird with those old games that you know, like it. They felt like they were longer. At the time. Yeah. And then you go back and play them. And it's like, oh, I can beat this in like three hours. Yeah. I I also played them on normal, which on, on normal, you basically have infinite health. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's almost impossible to die. Uh, unless you're playing on harder, ultra hard, and where you die in like two hits. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the first game is cool because it just feels like a Greek myth um, with like all the oh he was so blinded by his fury and ambition that he killed his own family and the gods being complete dicks 100% of the time um, mm. and he's cursed with godhood at the end yeah he he's cursed with the thing that everybody wants but because of his circumstances he he doesn't want it at all it's like the last thing he wants yeah um yeah and then in god of war 2 there's even less plot and you know what even less character really Mm. (laughs) it's just at at the beginning um Kratos is basically doing the same thing Ares was doing, where like he's just leading his Spartans in a, in Wars of Conquest. Um, so the game starts. Kratos just like launches himself, <laughs> like from orbit, um, into Rhodes, which the Spartans are attacking. Um, and then Zeus is like, "Nah," so he. He shrinks down Kratos from his huge god size. And then um, 
he brings the Colossus of Rhodes to life. Um, so now Kratos is running around the city fi- fighting a giant statue. Yeah, uh, yeah. Every every God of War the game, Shadow of the Colossus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's that's exactly what it is. Um, every God of War game starts with a a very cool cinematic boss fight. Mm. Like up to up to God of War twenty eighteen. I haven't played Ragnarok yet, but I will soon. Um. But yeah, so Kratos is now. Um, human size, but still with god powers. Um, fighting the animated Colossus of Rhodes. Mm. Um, at some point, he gets thrown across the, the city. It falls over. Well, God of War boss design is actually like it's more like the the big thing slams its hands into the ground, and you hit its hands until mm. it gets mad. Um, and does something stupid, and then you grab it, mm. and then Kratos does the the big cinematic QTE event. Yeah, and um, then rules of nature starts damage. playing while you run up its arm and <laughs> slice it, and <laughs> <laughs> it explodes. <laughs> I I'm actually kind of sad that God of War changed to like a, a character driven, um, be, because it would it would be such a great successor for Revengeance. Mm. Yeah, just get um, Platinum was, Games to do a God of War game. That would be badass. If if Platinum remade um, the first few God of War games, yeah. that that might be <laughs> my new favorite game series. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, Kratos gets flung across the city to um, the bathhouse where he has this game, sex minigame. Mm. Um, and that's after the fight, or is that during the fight? It's technically during the fight. Okay, so the Colossus like is still he, loose in the city, but he's like, oh, I'm yeah. going to stop and fuck for a little bit. Yeah, like he, he, he fights the Colossus, um, but at, at some point the Colossus is like holding him, but Kratos... Does something where he gets flung halfway across the to the other end of the city. Mm. Um, and then I guess these random women in the bathhouse are just like, I don't care that you just <laughs> killed like 400 soldiers of Rhodes. Mm. Uh, you want to fuck? And then they do off screen again. Yeah. Um, and then eventually Zeus call, calls down and is like, Hey Kratos, take this sword, uh, put all your godly power into it so you can beat the Colossus. And then Kratos is like, why are you helping me? And Zeus is like, I'm doing this for the good of Olympus. Which is not <laughs> mm. a, a foreboding uh, thing to say at all. Yep. The greater good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um so Kratos puts all his powers into the sword, and then he kills the Colossus, and then the Colossus falls on him, and he's almost dead. Mm. And then the Zeus shows up and is like, you fucking idiot. I'm taking um, that sword now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, You've lost all your so, powers, you have to spend the rest of the game getting them back. Yes. You know, your w- Metroid Prime opening. I, I will say that this is... Probably my favorite um, 
thing like that where the you lose all your powers from the previous game mm. because like it's a character choice mm. <laughs> like kratos kratos is dumb and angry enough to do that um and it's part of the story because the the blade is a, a big thing now um so zeus kills kratos um and then while kratos is being dragged uh through hades um he hears a voice from Gaia, the leader of the Titans. He basically says, Zeus is a dick. Help me kill him. Um, so she revives Kratos. He crawls his way out of hell again. I'm just going to say hell because, you know. Yeah. It basically is in, in this version. Um, so he crawls his way out of hell again and then goes to the island of the fates. Um so he can control time that's the that's the goal mm. to control time um so he goes to the island of the fates kills a bunch of um he's he's like a very murdery forest gump like he he meets theseus kills theseus mm. um meets perseus kills perseus meets goes to uh, the hot, hot gates of sparta kills leonidas he'd unfortunately be friends with leonidas uh, well yeah i mean it makes it's... sense oh do you know kratos's nickname um it nope <clears throat> it is ghost of sparta which is a it's a very cool nickname um but you do hear it about 80 times mm. over the course of all the games um Oh, I I forgot to say why he was like why he's white, like why his skin is very very pale white. Mm, I thought it was um, just paint. No, the the red streak is a tattoo. Um, mm. The white streak is because uh, after he killed his family, um, I forgot if it was one of the gods or just like some random like priestess woman who was outside the temple where he killed them. Um, but the, the ashes of his family got fused into his skin Oh, <laughs> as a, turned him into an, as a boy. reminder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's his Joker He's origin. Very... Oh God. Kratos could be the joke. He'd be the scariest Joker yet. Hmm. Yeah, if you cross um, Joker with the Hulk. You know, my my favorite thing about Kratos is that he is literally too angry to die. Mm. Because he, he dies in every game, but just, like, crawls his way out of hell. Mm. Um, uh, but, yeah, so he, he kills a bunch of uh, Greek mythological characters, like Icarus, for some reason. Um, that's how you get the wing power up where you can glide now. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good reason to kill Icarus. See him yeah. flying him and his dad flying out of that prison and you're just like, Give me those wings. Daedalus <laughs> uh, doesn't die until the third game. Uh, I'm gonna tell everyone you flew too close to the sun. Really, you flew too close to me. <laughs> Icarus dies in the like the the most brutal so 
like he gets in, into a fist fight with Kratos for no reason. Mm. Icarus is he's, he's just a crazy person. Like, hey, I'm gonna take my wings. And I'm gonna fly over there. Um, fuck you. You don't have wings. You can't get over there. And then Kratos is like, what if I take your wings and I get over there? Mm. Icarus is like, no. Yeah, I'm um, gonna use my uh, you know, scorpion chain thing and just fling it at you and rip those wings off your back. That that's actually not what happens. Um, Icarus gets on Kratos's back and like pushes him off a cliff. Oh, and then they fall. They fall like forever. Okay, so Kratos grabs him uh, and they, yeah, do the the glider yeah. thing. Yeah, Kratos Kratos punches him, um, and then they fall to the bottom of the earth um, until you're. <laughs> Kratos tears his wings off in midair while they're falling mm. and they get to the bottom of the earth and Icarus just falls forever I, I, I guess mm. um, yeah when we get to the next game he'll still be falling that that would be neat if um, there was a cameo of Icarus falling um, but no, Kratos just gets out and then he uses the wings and he flies to Atlas who is holding up the world. Then Atlas is like, hey, you're doing a thing for the Titans, so you can go back up. Um, and then Kratos gets to the fates where he kills a bunch of people. He kills the Spartan general that he told at the beginning to go back to Sparta. Who tells him that, hey, Zeus... Zeus destroyed Sparta, and then Kratos is like, Zeus! Mm. Um, and then he kills a kraken, um, rides a phoenix, um, gets to the Sisters of Fate. He kills them um, in a very ironic way, mm. except the big fat one, who who's just, he. she's all boobs and arms. Yeah, um, I'm saving her for the next sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be a very long, um, tiring, sexy. That's that's the six hour sexy from Atomic Heart. Mm. Um, right. Anyway, so he kills the sisters of fate, and instead of going back in time to like stop him from killing his family, he goes back in time to the point where Zeus impaled him with the blade of Olympus. Mm. It was like. No, we're going to fight now. Um, and then there's a boss fight. Um, um, Z- Zeus loses and he's running away. And then Kratos goes to stab him. And Athena gets in the way. She's like, you can't kill Zeus for some reason. He's important for Olympus or whatever. Um, and then Kratos is like, no, I killed another woman who I didn't want to kill. It seems to be a trend. Um, then he goes. He goes back to the fates and to the the fate room. And then he goes back in time to the great war between the gods and the titans. And he steals all the titans and is like, "I'm going to bring you to the future, and then you can win this fight there." And then the end of the second game. It, which is one of the best cliffhangers in history is um, Kratos riding Gaia um, as she and all the other Titans climb Mount Olympus to go kill all the gods. 
Um, it's the hypest shit ever. Mm. Uh, and then the third game is where you kill all the gods. Um, there's more to it than that, but that's the important part, right? Mm. It's like there's a there's a cool fight against Poseidon where he he's got all these horse water crab things and Gaia punches one and Kratos is riding on her fist so he like tackles Poseidon out the water and then snaps his neck um, and then everything floods because he is the god of the sea so he's dead so the sea rises and then like um, Gaia portrays Kratos and he dies but he's Kratos so he's just you know like in hell and then he finds his way back up because of course um, but now he, he lost all his superpowers again so you gotta get him back um, and then he takes Helio's head off and you use it as a power up um, and then he cuts Hermes' legs off because he's really fast and he has a big mouth. Uh, let's see. What other gods do you want dead? <laughs> I'll explain to you how they die. Uh, let's see, which ones haven't been done? Uh, was Poseidon already? Yeah, he got his neck snapped. Um... Yeah, it's hard because I like I know Greek gods, but my brain gets them mixed up with like the Kid Icarus versions and the uh, <laughs> Magic the Gathering Theros versions. Um, so there's Hades, where um, who was voiced by Clancy Brown, by the way, Mister mm. Krabs. <laughs> like, I guess I could think of the Disney's Hercules versions for yeah. Which ones. Um. Yeah, because let's see, there was Hades, there's Athena, there's, um, um... Athena gets stabbed in the second game, so she's already dead. Now, in, in the third one, she's a forest ghost, who was like, Kratos, uh, kill all the gods. Mm. Uh, is it Tiresias? I don't think he's a god, but he's like the blind prophet from the underworld. I don't think he's in this one. Mm. Um, um. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Know, I think I can think of some non-gods. There's like Medusa and the Cyclops and uh, Scylla and Charybdis. Um, Medusa is in the first game. Um, she's like a. I mean, you could call her a mini boss, but re like really, she's just a basic Gorgon enemy. Um, and you, you cut her head off and now you can turn people into stone and kill them. Mm. Um, um the Cyclops is just like a mini boss. Yeah. They, they come up like eight times in every game. Uh, the three hundred, three headed, uh, puppy dog, uh, of the underworld. That's also a basic enemy. Um, they're really hard <laughs> on the harder difficulties. Um, um, it's the Hydra, Nemean Lion. Uh, yeah, the the Hydra is the first boss in the first game. The you don't fight the lion, but um, in in the third game, uh, you do fight 
Hercules, and they they kind of lampshade themselves using um, like Hercules instead of Heracles mm. by calling like the the place you you fight him the Forum. Okay. Yeah, I mean, is he the only um, one that uses the uh, Latin name? To my knowledge, yes. Okay. So it's Ares uh, just because of Mercury. It's, yeah. Uh, just just because it's the more popular version, I guess. Or wait, no, not Ares. Um, Achilles. No, not Achilles. Um, uh, Ares would be Mars. Yeah. No, um, I was trying to think. Mercury's uh, Greek name. The, the the guy with the little wing shoes. Hermes. Hermes, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, you he he basically taunts you and runs away and then you cut his legs off. <laughs> because irony. And then you and then you, you use his, his boots. Little, his little shoes. Yes. It, it's a it's a power up, so now you can run up walls. Mm. Now you can be like Namor in Wakanda Forever. And just intimidating yeah. sky jumping with your little wing mm. shoes. Yeah. Um, see, like I said, you kill Helios and you cut his head off. Well, you tear his head off. You don't. <laughs> you do it the more violent route. Mm. Um, because Kratos is 99% anger mm. and 1% superpowers. Go kill Sisyphus to put him out of his misery. There. There's no Sisyphus. I think he might have been in one of the side games. Yeah, I mean, he, he's the guy who's pushing a boulder up a hill forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, there there are a few, um, like, victims of the gods. Um, like, there's Prometheus. Yeah. Yeah, his um, entrails eaten by birds. Yeah, um, you have to burn him in the fires of Olympus to free him from his torment. Mm. Um, um, and then he. What about Narcissus? Like you, um, I don't. I, not that I remember. And there isn't a fight against a guy who's just like staring at his own reflection the whole time. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> you just see him like leaning uh, over a river, looking at himself, and you just stomp him into the yeah. river. Yeah. Um. Oh, you do unfortunately kill Hephaestus, who who is voiced by Rip Torn. Mm. Um, patches of hula, <laughs> patches of hula hand. Um, um, who he's he's mad because um you have to use his daughter Pandora to destroy the Olympus flame around Pandora's box so you can open it again so you can kill Zeus, but she she's his like a daughter to him. Um, yeah. It's it's kind of sad, but also not because it's God of War and it's kind of. Eh. Mm. <laughs> uh, what about like Hera and Persephone? Oh, Persephone is she's dead. Um, in in one of the like PSP games, I think Kratos did something that ended up with her dying, and mm. Hades is mad at him. Okay. Either either dying or like being. In suspended animation magically or something I don't remember mm. um, Because you You use her coffin um, To break open the, the wall To Hades um, Boss arena mm. um, Oh yeah The the way you kill H- Hades is You, you steal his soul ripping Claws um, And you 
you steal his soul, so now you can get through doors that require you to have the soul of a god. Um, so that's neat mm. <laughs> and dark. Um, oh, uh, and the 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 way you kill Hercules is by stealing his gauntlets called the Nemean Cestus. Um, and Kratos punches him so much <laughs> that he just doesn't have a face anymore. Mm. Like he, you know, in like the Tom and Jerry cartoons when they get like their faces get squashed and they just turn flat. Mm. It's like that, but with blood. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's yeah. Um, and Hera, uh, she's just kind of like a rich bitch, and Kratos just gets mad at her and snaps her neck. Okay. There's no fight or anything. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, and every time you kill one of the gods, it's like, oh, Helios died. Now there are dark clouds that block out the sun. Um, the sky is like, a oh, half master. Is that is that a reference to? Ah, uh, no, it was just you know how like uh, they they put the flags at half mast. Like yeah, anytime somebody important oh. dies. <laughs> that's that that that's a way more sophisticated joke than I was prepared for. Mm. No, it wasn't a penis joke. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of assumed it was. I mean, um, maybe, you know, Kratos is a half chub every time he kills a god, but. I mean, he does, um, he does fuck Aphrodite. Yeah. Uh, and then that's kills the, her. That's the sex minigame in this one. Yeah. No, he, he doesn't kill her. She, I guess, just kind of dies whenever the. She's very nonchalant about mm. <laughs> um, her whole society being destroyed around her. Um, because Kratos just shows up and she's like, "Oh, a real man," mm. and it's like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah." She's just horny for everything. Yeah, that that's yeah. Um, let's see, what other gods do we kill? I think that's it. Mm. Um, we got all the big ones, I think. Yeah, listeners can write in if they think of a god you forgot. Yeah, and then there's Zeus, who's obviously the final boss. Um, oh yeah, but Daedalus, uh, he builds he builds a labyrinth. It's like a cube labyrinth mm. um, that that holds Pandora, because Zeus is afraid of uh, her getting up because she's the only thing that can open the box. Blah blah blah, and the whole theme is that Zeus is scared of. Uh, He's gripped by fear because Kratos, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he opened Pandora's box and now all the evils of Earth have been released and now Zeus is full of fear and that turned him into a bad guy. Mm. So, um, basically the end of the game is uh, Kratos gets Pandora out, out of the labyrinth and he doesn't he doesn't want her to kill herself by throwing herself into the fire so he can get the box because he sees her as his daughter. So he's kind of protective of her. But eventually Zeus is like, don't let that thing touch the fire. 
um, like for once, let's see, I, the words he uses is for once in your miserable life, don't fail just this once. Um, which, you know, coming from his dad is <laughs> just kind of, uh, cuts more, I assume. Mm. Um, so at that point, Kratos just lets out a really angry scream and then lets Pandora go and she turns into, she goes into the fire and explodes. Um, and then Kratos has a fist fight with Zeus and wins. Um, and then Gaia shows up, who betrayed Kratos earlier. Uh, and then uh, Zeus and Kratos both fall inside of Gaia's chest. And there's the final boss fight with Zeus, um, where Kratos takes the blade of Olympus and impales Zeus with it into Gaia's heart, killing them both. Mm. Um, and then... There's a whole, like, trippy sequence about how um, the the real power inside of Pandora's box was hope. Mm. <laughs> it gets really... Um, and then um, all the Greek god... All of Greek society collapses and uh, becomes Norse society. I mean... I mean, Greek society does apparently collapse because, like, at at the end, Kratos is just like looking out over the world. It's like, oh, there's no sun. Um, everything is flooded. Mm. Uh, there was a plague that was killing all the normal people. Um, let's see, there's just giant tornadoes going everywhere. Mm. Um, Everything is fucked, and then, and then he leaves that world after and goes everything. To a parallel timeline. Well, af- after everything, uh, Athena shows up and is like, "Well done, you did it. Now give me back the power of hope, so I can rule everything now." And then Kratos is like, "Fuck you!" And then stabs himself with the blade, and kills himself, and releases the power of hope to the people, mm. of which there are probably like three left. But and they Athena, have... uh, yeah, they have hope, so they can do anything now, right? Yeah. Like, like not die in a flood. Yeah, well, yeah, but they'll they'll die hopeful in the flood. <laughs> they'll hopefully die. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then the the ghost of Athena is like, don't give it to them; they won't know what to do with it. Um, and then. She she holds Kratos's head up to to meet his eyes, and she's like, "You disappoint me." And then Kratos just like spits up a little blood, mm. like, "Yeah, I know I do. Fuck you." And then falls over dead, mm. and that's the end. Everybody dies. The end. Mm. Until the next one. Uh, yeah. Until the next one, which is like a thousand years later. Where Kratos still isn't over it. Mm-mm. He's just somehow not dead again. Yeah. I told you. Too angry. Well, I mean, where's he gonna go now? Like, <laughs> Hades is dead. Mm. He can go wherever he wants. Okay, so yeah, I guess if Hades is dead, then, then none of the Greeks can die anymore. Not 
Hades is dead, not that it really matters, because Kratos could have just crawled out again if he wanted to. Mm. Like, Kratos dies more than Krillin. Mm. <laughs> um, he gets impaled every single time, too. Mm. Well, no. In the third one, he falls off the mountain. Um, yeah. That's God of War. And until 2018... Um, where um, the start of the game he chops down a tree um, and his wife is dead and he has a son um, and he doesn't really know his son very well because he's a bad father mm. um, I wonder why <laughs> I wonder what kind of hang ups he might have about uh, being the father of a kid mm. or how many other kids he Consider- has considering how many sex scenes he had yeah. Well, any kids he might have had are now dead, so he doesn't have to worry about that. Mm. Including the one that he murdered personally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um I got about halfway through the fourth game, but I already talked about that like five years ago on this show, which is weird to think about. We've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Um Um Let's see. Uh, I rambled for like 40 minutes, mm. so we we shouldn't have trouble filling time. Yeah. Let's talk about Rango. Yeah, because we got Rango, and I saw Shazam 2, which I guess is similar in the sense that it also touches on Greek mythology stuff. Um, yeah. But I don't... I, I don't know. It's just... I liked Shazam 1 a lot, and Shazam 2 just isn't nearly as good. It was just kind of a mess. See, I, I wish... I could say I heard bad things, but the truth is I haven't heard anything. Yeah, no, well, it got pushed back so many times that nobody really saw it. And the people who did see it mostly said, well, it's good, but it's not as good as the last one. Um, and and then, yeah, nobody really saw it. You know, between, like, superhero burnout and uh, just a lack of reviews. And then um, Zachary Levi, you know, despite being kind of a weirdo, I guess, uh... Uh, you know, he said like about you know the the lack of people being interested. Like, oh, people just don't like fun movies anymore. Um, and motherfucker. So, like, I thought, like, okay, well, if this is a fun, mo- you know, because I've enjoyed a lot of movies that got shit on, like the Mario movie and Ant Man three, which I watched again and I still enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, it's a dumb movie, but you know, I don't know, I liked it. Um. So I thought, well, maybe I'll like this one. I like the first one a lot. But no, it's just... It, it The movie's just kind of a mess. Like, there's not really... It doesn't have, like, the heart that the first one had. And it's still, like... The first one had some tonal weirdness of, like... It's a fun, like, family superhero comedy. But also, there's these scenes where people get, like, murdered by demons. Um, but at least in that one, the people getting murdered by demons were, like... A bunch of shitty people in a corporate boardroom, uh, from what I remember, uh, where it, like this one, that this like, like it, it's like, uh, okay, so it's it's like a few years later, uh, or I, I think I think they say at one point it's two years after the last one, but also because pandemic, you know, it got delayed, so it doesn't. It came out like four years after, even though it's supposed to be set two years after, um. <clears throat> 
but it's uh, the Daughters of Atlas, uh, this trio of like ancient Greek warrior goddess women played by Helen Mirren, Lucy Liu, and some third person whose name I don't remember. Um, Helen Mirren of Troy. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah she gets to play this joke. like evil uh, uh, goddess, um, and they are trying to. I mean, at first, like they they steal Shazam's, you know, the wizard Shazam's staff, which is broken, but then they I guess it turns out he's still alive, even though he like crumbled to dust in the last one or something. Uh, turns out he's still alive, and he's just powerless because he gave all his powers to uh billy batson who then shared the powers with his whole like foster family um so shazam's just like the the wizard is just sitting in this um like magic prison or something and they, they force him to fix the staff and then they can use the staff to take the powers away from the shazam family um and uh, like, uh, and then the, like the plot that with the you know the kids is that like they're getting older, and um, they're you know trying to like grow up but also stay together I guess and I don't know like it just it, even trying to remember what happened in the movie is hard because it just there wasn't a whole lot of interesting stuff that happened, um. And then yeah, like it, I don't know, like the 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 tone is like light and silly, but then there's like a part where like a you know that like a couple of the kids are up on a roof, and then the villains show up, and then the principal comes to go check on them, and then they just mind control him to walk off the roof and kill himself, and he actually does. You know, like there's no last minute rescue; the guy just falls to his death, and it's like what the fuck? You know, this is, like uh... clashes with the tone completely. And it's not like in the first one where it's like, yeah, okay, the the villain's dad was a shitbag, and then he lets a demon loose in his office to murder him. Like, sure. Um, you know, when it's just like, guy comes to check on kids, and then is made to commit suicide. Like, this, this is fucked up. Like, what, what are you talking about, Zachary Levi, about people not liking fun movies? This movie is... a mess. Um... But yeah, I, I I don't even I don't remember everything that happened. I wasn't even that focused on it. It's just like the sisters of Atlas take uh, one of you know, Freddy, the 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 cripple kid. They they end up taking his powers away, uh, and so then he has to like work with the wizard to try to get his powers back and like steal the. I, I, I know I think he was trying I, he wasn't trying to steal the staff there, there was like an apple like a golden apple that the sisters also wanted so they could plant it and grow a tree that does some magic something or other and then they made like a barrier that covered the whole city and trapped everyone inside and then released a bunch of like ancient Greek monsters that started murdering people um and then the Shazam family had to fight them off. I, I don't know. The movie was not great. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Rango. We can talk about Rango. That, that's my Shazam 2 thoughts. Yeah, I mean, 
I I barely heard anything about it. I was vaguely aware of it, and then it came out and nobody cared. Yeah. <laughs> it's my whole... I wanted to see it, but the group I go to see movies with didn't want to see it, and I didn't care enough to see it on my own, so I didn't. And, um... I thankfully didn't actually have... I was gonna buy... Just buy it, because I'm like, well, I did like the first one, so I'll probably like this one. But it wasn't... The, the stockman didn't stock it on its release day, so I went home and I watched it on HBO Max, and now I'm glad I didn't buy it, because I will probably never watch it again. It's not Yay. as bad as Wonder Woman 1984, but also that's mostly just because it's not even interesting. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> harsh. Yeah. You know it isn't harsh? Mm-hmm. Rango? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought Rango was fine. Um, you know, I saw it back when it came out, and it didn't leave much of an impression. And then watching it this time, like, it's a fine, you know, fun little western. Mostly interesting because of how hard they go on animating this thing. It's the, oh, yeah, yeah, like, the, they just, they put so much detail into the animation that it's a little strange but it does like it works in a way you know in some ways it reminds me of like the zemeckis um polar express beowulf you know the, those like you know late 2000 cg movies where they tried to go more realistic with it but with this one at least because they're cartoon talking animals they don't have to you know they don't have the problem of the faces look weird and also, they did, they yeah. put a lot of animation. Like, these faces have, like, micro-expressions in them. And the whole thing is, like, filmed in, or animated in a way that feels filmed. Like, shots are composed and lit the way you would if it was, like, an actual film. Yeah. It... it it's... It might be the best, like semi-realistic looking 3d animation i've seen out of hollywood mm. like I, I can't think of anything that really comes close Not like i mean I, I love King? like spider no <laughs> live action animated lion King. you shut your <laughs> mouth <laughs> no the rango the this movie rango has a soul yeah. um Because, I, I, I mean, like, I love movies like Spider-Verse, but, like, they... Yeah, I mean, Spider-Verse is heavily stylized going for a comic book Yeah. Look. Yeah, but, like, Rango just... It, it, it looks like actual, like, animal skin or scales or textures. Like, it, it, it's... It looks great. Yeah. The whole way through. Yeah, it's like they got the textures and like, and like the models that they used have that minutia to actually like you know, express in a way that a lot of cartoons don't. Yeah. Yeah, like I the like every every character's face has like just so many small features. That like if you if you pause mm. Like if you pause and just look at any random character's face, you'll see like like minor flaws, um, like 
like a a, a scar or a weird patch of hair or something. It, it's mm. the the way they designed it is just great. And I no, I love how nobody's head is really symmetrical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like especially Rango's, who he's he's got like a weird trapezoid head. Yeah. But anyway, um, the movie is about like a a pet chameleon who just falls out the car um, in the middle of of the Mojave Desert, um, and ends up finding his way to the town of Dirt, which is just like a your average old western town. Yeah, um, yeah, it's full of talking or, animals in clothes, but yeah. yeah, it's an old west town, and they're dependent on water that they get from a pipeline. But the water is, you know, mysteriously not working right. It's kind of goopy. Yeah, the they're almost out of water like the whole town is panicking yeah Yeah, like water Um, is their economy like their bank is literally a like jug uh, like an office jug of water um and it's got like hash marks on it to show how many days worth they have yeah it's it's their economy and apparently their religion um because they have this whole ritual ritual um where they they do like a dance uh, and they slap each other, yeah. um, and then they have a ceremony where they turn the faucet to open the water, and everybody fills up a jug or something. Yeah. Yep, and um, Rango rolls into town and convinces everyone that he can be the new sheriff because they need a new sheriff. Yeah, and that he can fix their water yeah, he, problems. He he thinks he's an actor um, because he I I'm assuming he comes from the the family he comes uh, the family that left him is presumably from California or something so he thinks he's an actor. Yeah. Um. So when he gets to the town, he he's like, I can be anything I want. So I'll be the the rough and tumble sheriff that this town needs. Um. So he he basically talks himself up, says, "Yeah, I killed this gang of of seven outlaw brothers mm. um, with one bullet." Um, and then everybody believes him. And then uh, while he's uh, having a fight with uh, this, I, I guess they're a gang. They're like a gang of uh, criminals in the town. Yeah. Um, and they're about to have a shootout, and then they all run away because a hawk shows up um, trying to eat Rango. Um, and through shenanigans, he ends up killing it by dropping a water tower on its head. Mm. Um, and he does it with, with one bullet, so everybody believes the story, and the mayor makes him the sheriff. Um, yeah, and you find out later stuff. that the mayor is the one behind the water thing. He's been manipulating events, yeah. and so you know he sees an opportunity in Rango to you know make him the fall guy. Yeah, he sees that Rango's actually just an idiot yeah. who doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah, that's so like the double cross that sets up him. the you know the actual finale. 
is uh, yeah. uncovering that the mayor's behind it all. Yep. And uh, there's the whole side plot of like the, the mole family um, that steal, they steal the water jug from the bank um, and Rango has a whole team of uh, well, a posse of uh, the townspeople to track him down. Yeah, like that's where he like actually um, like you know earns the town's trust and becomes integrated with them because you know he leads this uh, rescue mission or recovery yeah. mission. Yeah, there, there, there's so many good like just one-off comedic lines. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think the one I laughed at the most is. Um, when they're sitting around the fire, mm. um, and they're they're talking about weird things that they've like eaten and spit up. And one's like, "One time I spit up a whole Dalmatian," <laughs> and then the, another one's like, "Yeah, one time I spit out a whole f- tribe of pygmies." Man, they were they were mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, remember, like, I think I was playing Zelda at the time, so I didn't, like, hear everything, but I did definitely look up and laugh when they did, like, they, they were, the, the escape chase after they've gotten the water, uh, the, mole, I, I yeah, the moles are, like, riding on these bats, and there's a part where, like, one of them, like, spins out and crashes and explodes, like it was a car, but it's a bat, <laughs> but it explodes yeah. into flames, because it crashed into yeah. a wall or something. Oh, yeah, like every, every time the bats are on screen, it's it's like whenever whenever they're damaged or shot at, it's like they they start trailing flames for no yeah, reason. Yeah, like the bats are just planes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, uh, another another joke that really got me was um. They they're they're tracking the moles um and there's this crow guy who's like the stand-in for a native american um like tracker and uh he's like like i i can i can smell it one of them is blind and the other has an enlarged prostate (laughs) then the doctor comes up with like a glove a rubber gloved hand (laughs) it's so stupid but it was funny uh yeah, and it's funny that, like this movie was uh, Nickelodeon put it out. Um, really? I think, yeah, if I remember right, it was, it was a Nickelodeon movie. Um, That's cool. Yeah, even though it's you know it's Gore Verbinski from Pirates of the Caribbean directed it, and you know just animated by Industrial Light. Yeah, Magic. it was just like a, you know a lot of like time and money and effort put into animating and designing this to be like you know a film quality uh cg animation yeah it might be the best looking 3d animation i've ever seen i I think it is Uh, or some of it at least Mm. um yeah i mean like you said like every character just has like fantastic micro expressions uh yeah like the, the the way they animate water actually looks like water. Um, huh. Yeah, I mean it, it's yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. It, it, now. It's 
It's the kind of movie, like, I, I, I watch it, and I just have a smile on my face throughout the whole movie. I love it. Yeah, let's see. The... So, okay, let's see. At the 84th Academy Awards, the film won Best Animated Feature, making it the first non-Disney or Pixar to win since 2006's Happy Feet, and the last one to win until 2018 Spider God. ran into the Spider-Verse. Happy Feet. Mm. Yeah, somehow Happy Feet what won other... the 2006 animation Oscar. What other movies came out that year where Happy Feet was the best animated I mean, Cars movie Cars was out? the Pixar one of 2006. Uh, I think Cars might be better. <laughs> Probably. A, a, it's a low bar. Yeah. I mean, although, was Happy Happy Feet was, um... Uh, I'm gonna click it now. George Yeah, Miller. yeah, I was gonna, the Mad Max guy directed it. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's it's not bad, but I... <laughs> like, Oscar for Best Animated. Yeah. Like, that. that's, that's weird. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it's always Disney or Pixar, except 2006, 2011, and 2018. Although I know since then, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio won. So, you know, the, I guess there's been more non-Disney Pixar uh, ones to win. Yeah, I mean, I mean to be fair, Rango, Rango is a very, like, Oscar... Um, like as far as animated movies go, it's a very like Oscar Beatty one mm. because it it kind of uh, it kind of just plays on the the tropes of uh, Western movies. Yeah, like Western um, and but, uh, you know acting, like an actor. Yeah, is like there's a, there's a fear and loathing in Las Vegas reference. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all the way at the beginning. Yeah, actually, and Which yeah, and there's there's a part toward the end where a CG animated. I mean, it's all CG in it, but uh, there's a CG um, Clint Eastwood shows up. And when yeah. I saw it, I thought, I mean, I I feel like it would work better if they had live action Clint Eastwood, like in you know SpongeBob movie, having uh, Hasselhoff <laughs> show up in live action. You know, just for this yeah. one scene, just have a live action Clint Eastwood. But then I found out later, I think in the credits, um, it wasn't Clint Eastwood voicing it. I think it was Timothy <laughs> Oliphant. Yeah. yeah. Which it's it's such a good impression. Yeah. Like it's it sounds exactly like Clint Eastwood, mm. like like his gruff uh, Western voice. No, he doesn't talk. Like he he says more in like the the two minutes he's on screen and Rango than he does in like that whole three movies. Mm. Yeah, it's it's very good. We didn't even talk about Rattlesnake Jake. Who's mm. like he's a great I don't know anti villain, I guess. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's like he villain, villain who turns at the end because there's a bigger villain who's also been manipulating yeah. him. Yeah, I. I I do like that they set up um, when uh, when the the turtle mayor says uh, or tortoise mayor whatever yeah. uh, <laughs> um, he says he's gonna bring in rattlesnake Jake and one of his henchmen says what him he's the grim reaper he doesn't he doesn't leave without taking a soul mm. um, and then at the end of the movie he takes he takes the mayor and just runs off with yeah. him. 
Um, because he's gonna kill him and eat him probably. Mm. I mean, I seem I I don't know how snake digestion works if it, it can dissolve a turtle shell or not. He can break the shell. He's got a mini gun. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> not a, a normal for snake. A tail. No, he's got a mustache. Yeah. He's got a hat and a mustache. Yeah. Voiced by Bill Nye. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, pretty. Everyone's favorite cast villain and everything. In, uh, this one. Yeah. Um. Let's see who else was in it, except for Johnny Depp. Well, obviously. let's see. Wikipedia says film um, stars the voices of Johnny Depp, uh, Isla Fisher, Isla Fisher yeah. Abigail Breslin, Ned yeah. Beatty, Alfred Molina, Bill Nighy, Stephen Root, Harry Dean Stanton, Ray Winstone, and Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, Stephen Root was the bank squirrel. Mm. He got he got drowned. Like yeah. in Bill Lotrieve. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it, it's. I don't know. It's very. If you haven't seen Rango, watch Rango. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, it's very good. Yep, I got it for free from my local library because they had a DVD copy. Otherwise, I think it's on Netflix. I bought a copy for five bucks. <laughs> mm. Because I could, and I like it, so I'm probably gonna watch it again at some point. Yeah. Let's see. We're up to two hours. The only other thing on my list, which is, it's just, it's a book. I haven't finished reading it yet. Um, but the second book in Brandon Sanderson's, uh, you know, big Kickstarter just arrived. Um, it's the Frugal Wizard's Handbook for Surviving Medieval England. Um, which it, it it's kind of like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where there's like these little asides from this handbook. It's just like, like, um, I mean, I'm not even sure where to begin explain. Because okay, so the the premise is that it's the story told in the first person by a guy who has initially lost his memory and you know is regaining it. So you know, it's like an isekai kind of thing. He wakes up in this world <laughs> that looks like medieval England, um, but as you find out, as he's you know finding the pages of this book and remembering how he got here and who he is and stuff um this it's in the future there's a technology that was discovered to allow interdimensional travel dimensions being you know uh, like you know various it's the it's the quantum physics idea of dimensions where like a different decision is made and that creates a new timeline so this infinite parallel timelines of all the infinite decisions that could be made so the Frugal Wizard Company decided to buy the exclusive rights to a band of quantum realities in which um, technology didn't progress for England and like the surrounding area so that they could have these medieval-esque uh, realities that people could then purchase and go live inside of. Um, I'm like halfway through the book now uh the so at this point i know that the guy's figured out that he is a police officer and thinks he's traveled to this reality to capture a criminal who's like purchased and is living as a god in this reality um you know a god because he's got like all the advances of modern technology or i guess future technology because this like 
the main character has like subdermal implants so that his skin can like protect against knife attacks and stuff it's i don't know it's it's weird but it's kind of quirky and kind of funny um yeah, actually, I'm just looking at a part in it. The, the, since he decides he's going to pose... Like, everyone sees him, and he's like, Oh, you are a shaved man, or you must be some kind of elf. Um, and so he's, like, posing as, like, an elf wizard. You know, I like, one of the characters has figured out, No, he's not, but, you know, they're, they're going along with it. Um, but this page I just turned to, uh, he... Um, uses like modern words to pretend to be magic words because uh, these people won't know what they mean uh hocus so, pocus microwave yeah well this he's a silence thrail i belted her or i shall nintendo you <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah, that's so that's good. the kind of humor this has. It, let's see, uh, Alakazam Bios discography, Philadelphia a la disco, Nitrogen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like <laughs> that's so dumb. Like Brandon Sanderson doesn't often do comedy, uh, so I wouldn't say it's like the funniest comedy, but it, it's fine. Um, it's a little weird since I also listen to his podcast, so I get, like, when there's a whole thing about uh, these alternate realities being similar to Nebraska and that they're so far behind on technology from the rest of the world, um, that that's a joke because he grew up in Nebraska. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's one that might not hit for very many people. Yeah. But yeah, so, I don't know. I'll probably have finished reading it by the time we record next, and possibly have forgotten everything, because that's how my memory works. Okay, by the time Like, I watched Shazam, like, three days ago, and I've already forgotten most of it. Yeah, I I played all the God of War games, uh, let's see, I finished the third one this past Sunday, so... Okay. And I remembered everything, so I, I guess that's just me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I remember things no. like some things make they, enough of an impression they, that I remember them, and they, other there's things. There's no plot. I was I, just I was just yeah. <laughs> being an ass for no reason. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like some some things I remember distinctly, and other things leave so little of an impression that uh, they might have been entertaining at the time, but I don't remember them afterward. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I started watching the Three Amigos, and uh, like it wasn't very funny. But mm. I could, I could tell you the last joke I, that I heard that was like, "This probably isn't worth my time." Um, mm. If you're interested, okay. Um, so, the Three Amigos, these actors um, who've been invited uh, to save this uh, small Mexican town from a group of real bandits uh they they walk out of like this sleazy bar um where they're looking for the people who invited them and they see a plane fly overhead and one of them says oh this is this model of plane and the other is like how would you know that 
and the guy the guy says well, I know a lot about planes he says I think that was a mail plane and Steve Martin says well how the hell do you know that and Martin Short says because it has little balls oh okay yeah, yeah. that was the joke that was the last joke before I stopped watching Mm. Yep, because they made a plain penis joke. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even the mid-air refueling joke that everybody makes. <laughs> Planes do have a penis. Yeah. Depending on who's piloting. Mm. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> yep, that's the episode. <laughs> We ended it. We ended it like an Animaniacs joke. <laughs> That's the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>